0: You're listening to the New Century Multiverse Uncivil Outlaw Chapter 6 Desperation Mr. White sized up the great cat currently filling the corridor in front of us and switched his head back and forth, stretching his arms and legs as he limbered up. Captain Grey "'Please stop Stop being a horse's anus and listen to reason. "'I really don't want to have to chase you any further, but I will.'" Abigail roared back at him as she barged at the door.
1: "'You'll find that... "'Difficult with a... "'Tiger's jaws around your throat!'
0: "'Dr. Penrose!' Miguel glared straight at me. "'How could you betray your friends? "'You stand with this man?' After what he did? The doctor has made the sensible, unselfish choice. I really am sad that this means your roles as ambassadors have come to an end. But if you step aside, he will open you a door to the feline's homeworld. And that will be that. And if we don't? We are not monsters. So I won't make any claims about having a brand new purple tiger skin rug in front of my fireplace. But I can assure you... He didn't get to finish that sentence. A blur of bellowing fury collided with him. Miguel had been translating, and when he got to the difficult matter of tiger-skin rug, something snapped in her owl Her eyes flared as she swiftly picked over the casual manner with which he had invoked this peculiar human practice. Whether Pines had explained the concept to her previously or not, the affront was total, and she was out for blood. I lurched to the left with Lee and Pines, and we headed partway down the hall that led to Harrow and Miguel's chambers to escape this explosion of violence that had erupted in our midst. Out of the corner of my eye, as Harao leapt in, I spotted Abigail busting through into the hangar. Harrow and White fought, tumbling over one another as he attempted to get past her. He had advanced a dozen feet when Lee left my side and made her own attack. Miguel intercepted, pushing Lee back as the pair of them traded blows. Two clashes threaded in and out of one another. White's movements were all about attempting to stun and get past Harau as she alternated between evading his blows, blocking every lunge, and trying to smash him into the walls and floor and stop him dead. It was primal and aggressive, a dancer confounding a tornado. Miguel visibly tested Lee, pressing his attack, keeping her on the back foot, spinning with dazzling poise. Seeing a look of concern on her face, he began to employ his claws. I caught a flash of yellow snake venom, smelled a trace of its musky odour, and realised he was intending to wound and poison, either so he could take her down and assist his mother, or perhaps use her as leverage against White. I felt a sudden compulsion overwhelm me and found myself warning the boy, Miguel, she's drawing you in, watch yourself. Reacting to my call, Lee sprang out of her pantomime of being outmatched, and Miguel found himself darting backwards and away from a series of lightning-fast strikes, often coming so quickly that they could not be countered, as the woman employed her mastery of Wing Chun. I started to get very afraid for the boy, and I saw him realise that with these tables being turned, he was himself about to become the leverage against Harao. There was a split second's pause as he decided his course of action, ducking his head under her whirling feet as she intercepted his counter-blow. He broke from the fight and cartwheeled over his mother, away from White's clutching outstretched hand, rushed off down the passageway and into the hangar, following Captain Grey. Rao planted her paw firmly on White's chest plate, pinning him back against the wall and preventing him from chasing after the boy. But Lee launched herself in on the left, and the tiger was now fending both of them off, being pushed back ever further.
1: I tore through the entrance, the metal door buckling around me, tumbling onto the gantry which led into the steamcraft hangar. Thomas Edison had just leapt back out of the way and stood staring at me, beside himself with a mixture of anger, fear, and amazement. To his left, Nikola Tesla perched in blue-gray flannel, studying me quietly. Edison was dressed in a peach suit with a straw boater hat, and his agitation was palpable. Young
0: lady, tell me how you made your ingress to the SEAL facility. I see no battering ram of any
1: kind so it must be some sort of technology. Perhaps with a lapsed or unsecured patent. I can break doors. I snapped, picking myself up and glancing out into the passage to see the fight still raging back there. I had very little time. Can you please take me to Spearhead and drive me out of here? It wasn't a request. I pushed past the two of them, rushing across the gantry to a series of descending metal steps which drew me down onto the factory floor. I now stood in the shadow of Steelborn, the hulking electric tank that Tesla built. No offense, sirs but this one don't move nearly fast enough for the speed I have to get away. The scientists hurried down the steps to meet me again, Edison sputtering as I made for the sharp, white, wooden, and brass form of his pride and joy. Is she fully charged? You can't take her! No, 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 no. This is absolutely out of the question. Government property, my invention,
0: all kinds of prohibiting laws and licenses.
1: No! Sir, I'm in a real hurry, and I need to get away faster and farther than a horse can run. I need the miraculous product of a man such as yours, and hard is... I glanced across at a misshapen pile in the corner, covered by a tarpaulin. It couldn't be. We'd left her back in Mississippi. But I smelled the residue of the dynamite explosion i detected in Green Hollow, and turned back to the man. Gone. Where's Harry?
0: She is safe.
1: Tesla glanced over at the little office studio they had set up for her to convalesce in. I paced over swiftly and craned my head to look inside. She was lying on her bed, gazing off into the distance. Harry? She did not respond. I glanced back up toward the ruined doorway, heard the approaching commotion and decided against dragging her along with me. That could only end in further disaster for her, and she had suffered beyond comprehension this year already. I stepped away and stalked towards Edison, cracking my knuckles within my leather gloves. Let's move. Come on, Tommy, we'll go for a ride. Nikki here can tell him I forced you. Edison folded his arms and set his expression stubbornly. Beat me if you
0: must, Captain Gray. I'm not helping you steal from the RS government.
1: That's very noble of you. Can you at least tell me how to drive this thing? No, I can't, you rancorous redheaded sow! He shrieked. <laughs> then gibbered, shook. <laughs> Fell to the ground, twitching as Tesla stood over his prone form, a cylindrical pronged tool in his hand. He twirled it and spoke.
0: Well, if you are threatening me with bodily harm, I have no choice but to assist you, Captain Gray. Especially after what you did to this poor, brave fellow.
1: Have you been told what I'm trying to do? Or not do?
0: Only that you had rebelled against Mr. White's orders.
1: The scientist hauled the unconscious dribbling Edison out of the way of Spearhead's wheels and swiftly opened her hatch, waving me in.
0: I've seen how this armored man has been applying our technology over the past few months. Some of it I approve of. But White frightens me. And if a friend of Harriet Arlington has a good enough reason to challenge him, I am inclined to trust that friend.
1: I climbed inside and clapped his hand in mine. Thank you.
0: I will not say it is no problem. It is big problem. But my whole career is one big problem after another, so this is just Tuesday.
1: I watched him fire up the engine and throw various switches, reminded of Harry in her cockpit seat, only this one did not seem designed to accommodate his lanky frame. It was so much more cramped, much more of a horseless stagecoach. I spotted Miguel sprinting through the upper doorway, and hoped Rao would come through after him as he mantled over the rail and drop into the stairs below for the fastest way down. But the first person to emerge was White, swiftly followed by the tiger and Agent Link. I popped the hatch and cried out to the boy. Come with us! White landed behind Miguel and threw out his hand. Several of his flung throwing knives impacted in the side of our steam craft, one of which cut across the boy's leg. Miguel cried out as his run toward us turned into a stagger. Rao. Roared above and sprang across the gantry, pulling down Agent Lee as White drew his sword and made to intercept. Surely he would just threaten the boy to force us to stand down. I started to get out, but we lurched forward as Tesla, ready to bolt.
0: Get the child in safely,
1: the Serbian whispered, then loudly so all could hear.
0: We must leave. Please do not hurt me further.
1: I barreled from the hatch and reached for Miguel as White closed in, thrust out my hand with a keep-away motion and he bodily blew backward a few steps, unsteadied as he saw what I could now do. The effort of summoning that force wrenched a gasp out. The door had nearly exhausted me and this drew me down ever further to dizzy unsteadiness. Crow had found an opening, flailing her leg around to impact in Lee's side and flinging her down at the exact trajectory to collide with White, sending them both clattering into the pile that might have been steam. They were briefly incapacitated. We had just a few seconds. Miguel reached me, and I scooped him into the craft. Raoul bounded down alongside us as we reached the open exit shutters out into the daylight, and Tesla gunned the engine, which purred urgently as the pistons cranked and the cables hummed. As I closed the hatch, we had just enough time to see James and Jeremy appear at the gaping upper doorway. Raoul glared at the doctor and extended three gestures to Pines.
0: Thank you. Goodbye, friend.
1: As she was doing this, Wyatt had sprung to his feet. Spotting him, Tesla spun the wheels, and Miguel and I experienced a jolt of acceleration more intense than any we'd felt in Steamheart. The wooden housing rattled as we were pressed back in our seats, feeling vigorous movement in our ears and teeth. The engine positively shrieked, not the thunderous roar of Harry's machine, but a dangerous banshee wail that announced our presence to the world, echoing through the yards as we left the hangar behind. Crow was startled at first but bounded along beside us keeping pace. However, our pursuer was not deterred. White sprinted after us flat out. I could see him in the mirror that Edison had set up on the side of the passenger window. At every turn down the fenced path back to the main road, we had to briefly slow down, and he gained on us each time. I'm not ashamed to say I began to get a little frightened here. I'd gotten a measure of his dazzling combat ability up north. Now White had gone toe-to-toe with the Tiger and survived, ignoring the injuries he must surely have undergone to pursue us further. I caught another flash of those eyes as he drew his sword, still running, then glanced up to see a final corner before the open steel-barred gate, which was visibly closing. Shit! I shouted at Tesla over the engine. Can we make it?
0: That little prick Edison stole my most recent idea.
1: Tesla yelled back, pointing at a small red lever on the dashboard.
0: So if we are lucky, we'll clear the gates. And if we are even luckier, we will not... explode.
1: EXPLODE?!
0: Push that lever after we clear this corner.
1: Three things then happened almost at once. Firstly, the Serbian engaged the handbrake as we took the corner. Sliding us round in a surprisingly graceful arc without having to slow down so hard, all the while keeping our nose pointed at the narrow escape route. Secondly, White put on a burst of speed and leapt up behind us, jabbing the sword through our rear. The blade erupted close to Miguel's head and he lurched forward in fright as the bump on our roof confirmed White was atop his neck. That horrifying point stabbed deep through the ceiling, withdrew and came down again close to my ear. This prompted the third thing to happen. As I yelped in fright, I also jammed on the red lever. There was a deafening screech, and we rocketed forward, leaving Crow behind us, her face aghast. She was framed mid leap, attempted to barge wide off our roof, only to have him snatched away. The pressure was intense as our wheels spun furiously, carrying us those last hundred yards at blinding speed. White was thrown from our back and tumbled to earth as the tiger raced past him. The side of one gate smashed the mirror closest to me clean off as we skidded through and out onto the road where Tesla engaged the brake and brought us down slowly to a manageable speed. I popped the cockpit window and leaned out to see Rao scramble up over the ten-foot-high railings and rush after us to pick up the pace. There was no further sign of White. It had begun to snow.
0: You have been listening to Episode 6 of Uncivil Outlaw, Desperation. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Captain Abigail Gray performed by Sharon Shaw. Nikola Tesla and Miguel performed by Alex Shaw. Thomas Edison performed by Matt Wardle. Rao performed by Maureen Foley. Black Vortex Volatile Reaction Hit the Streets, Terminal, Shores of Avalon, and The Descent composed and performed by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com agent in shanghai performed by 1m1 music of shockwave sound off-road warriors specially composed by gil haim steinberg make your decision by dan phillipson of shockwave sound uncivil outlaw theme true greatness performed by bjorn lin of shockwave sound many soundscapes by tabletop audio I have donated to two charity funds connected with Black Lives Matter. There is Black Minds Matter, based in the UK, which is an organisation that connects black clients with black therapists, including providing financial support. These are two groups who, respectively, have a much tougher time being able to find mental health support and being able to attain the qualifications to practice due to the currently unfair system. And there is the Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network's Autistic People of Color Fund. This US-based charity provides direct support, mutual aid and reparations. I have specifically focused on some of the most vulnerable and often most ignored members of society here. Sharon has also donated to the Black Journalists Therapy Relief Fund, which is financing mental health support for black journalists covering the BLM demonstrations. Throughout at least July and August 2020, and what remains of June, every single penny I make from sales of the New Century Multiverse audiobooks on Bandcamp will be donated by me to those above-mentioned charities. So if you've been holding back on buying these, any that you pick up this summer will have the proceeds going to some very good causes. And all the links to these can be found pinned to the top of both of my Twitter accounts. New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Trey Contreras, Matthew Webb, Connor Kennedy, Angus Lee, Marty Huey, David Sheely, Kevin Vey Daniel Salguero Brian Novak, Evan Jankowski, Sarah Montgomery, Dan Hepner, Johan Clayson, Tyler Long, Joe Gusega, Greg Downing, Tim Rosansky, Christopher Wolf, Kat Esman, Cassandra Newman, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Joseph Gluck, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Lux, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluze, Kieran Dashler, Frankie Punzi, and Lorraine Chisholm.